All right, welcome to Sips of Strangers. I'm Liz Mannion. And I'm Allie Stewart. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back. decided um, to wrap season one and begin season two of The Sips with Strangers. I came back thirsty. I'm ready for more. Oh, yes, me too. However, Allie and I are in a little, um, we're not being entirely honest right now. Um, we are, or true to our craft and our art, we are currently um, detoxing. Uh, Allie's detoxing more so than I am. I am just a uh, Wait, we gotta do nice little cheers. Allie's drinking water. I'm drinking black coffee. Caffeinated or non? Caffeinated. Who do you think I am? Okay. I drink, I mean, actually, I really don't drink coffee anymore. Are you okay? Yeah. I kind of drink decaf most of the time. Why? Do you, does that, like, you know, ca decaf ha still has like a little a touch of calf in it. I'm okay with a touch of calf. Okay. I lived with I lived my life with a lot of calf, and I am now just kind of feeling like I have enough energy without it. So. Did I ever tell you about the time I had to? Um, no, I had to, but um, I was like 16 or 15, and I gave up caffeine for Lent. And my caffeine addiction is not nearly as bad as like at the time was not nearly as bad as it is now. And I'm going to be real with you. It was rough. And so if I think I ever had to try that again, it would be just atrocious. It would be a nightmare. And I think I would be I worried about the people who care about me and the people in my life. I think they wouldn't recognize me anymore. Was that the hardest thing you ever gave up for Lent? Oh, 100%. I think the other time I, I gave up red meat once I couldn't do that now I think I was like um I was a freshman and I was still eating like campus food like um I was a freshman in college so I was I was still eating campus food and that red meat thing, like you know it's not like they're like serving filet mignon like understandably so so yeah it just seems like a smart move at that point. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to Towers and I won't get red meat. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Very easy. Then you can just go get, like, um, I don't know. I, I realized, though, towards the end, I started to find some loopholes. Like, I was like, well, bacon is pork and pork is technically a white meat. I never said I would cut out processed meats. Just red meat. So yeah, it's just me. I'm, it's not my most helpful or most <laughs> joyous or true 
to my form. I don't know, I just constantly find loopholes, I guess. Um, my thing with Lent was that I used to always give up things, and then after a while I realized it was easier to add in things. Mm. So, like, I would add in prayer or add in... Kindness. Kindness. Ki- that's always a good thing to add in. I love adding in kindness. Yeah. Actually, now kindness is overrated. But it feels like a bit of a cop-out now, mm-hmm. but I did really well with Lent once, and I feel like I, I may still kind of be in that because my was it senior year of high school, mm-hmm. I gave up meat for Lent, oh. and then I never went back to eating meat. So you're still in Lent. Technically, I'm just really good at Lent right now. You're very good at Lent. You're, you're a Lent overachiever, I guess. Um, well... For what y'all realize, um, whoever is interested in the Catholic calendar, and as we've talked about Catholicism actually quite frequently in this podcast, which is odd. Um, it is. Very odd. Something. Um, Not really. Easter, that Lent is with Easter, but we just had uh, Christmas time. Christmas time and the New Year. Um, so how was, how was your Christmas? It was good. I got to go home to Texas and see my family and... Mm-hmm participate in all of our little traditions that we have each year Mm -hmm. um most of which focus around eating too much as i think many Mm -hmm. peoples do Mm -hmm. are you italian at all i am but we don't do the whole seven fishes thing okay which would it would be cool um but we actually have friends in dallas that are from pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and every new year's they make pierogies oh my god so it's like i didn't even leave pittsburgh it's fantastic that's lovely yeah Pierogies. We have to get to that uh, deli that has the really good pierogies with the the S and D Polish deli. Maybe the they'll be on our podcast. I don't know. I think they're run by very very old people. Although we're not ageist here. No, I I work with older people. I think that they have some good things to say. They have great yeah wisdom. I'm all about wisdom. Um, I just like being the wisest person oh. in the room. Is that why we have a podcast together? <laughs> kidding mostly um um yeah well my holiday was good you know um i came back for the new year i i didn't have the longest stay in new york i it was only about 10 days i'm usually here and i don't know i usually would leave right after school but i stayed and i worked a little bit i um you know did some i was looking around for jobs if anyone is looking for a speech pathologist, let me know. <laughs> Send me a line or uh, an email. Or just, you know, find me, sipswithstrangers at gmail.com. Or my personal email, just DM us and we can figure it out. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, jobs. Uh, and then I'm trying to think what else was interesting nothing else super interesting happened um i will say uh i over break um on a more personal note and i mean they're not going to be listening to this because i don't think we ever talked about this but um i had been seeing someone for like a bit and not super long but like long enough and i just recently had to end it and what i was thinking about in terms of so i remember we've talked a lot with a lot of um people who are in the LGBTQ community, um, and I mean, I am not in that community. I mean, I'm like a supporter of that community, but I, I'm straight. And um, what I've thought about, like what you and I have talked about at least, are like in finding how much more my standards have gone up since yeah. I like have been growing up 
like this specific guy that I was seeing like would definitely have been like you know he I think our conversation was just that you know he wasn't he enjoyed spending time with me he enjoyed me being with him but he wasn't looking for anything like it was basically what it sounded like he wanted out of me was like me basically being his girlfriend without the actual commitment and I would have been able to like be okay with that like three years ago like probably even two years ago or a year and a half ago I would have been like all right who cares cool but then I realized and I think like I was sitting here just like when I kind of told him like you know that's not gonna work for me I was I was like is this growth (laughs) is this what this looks like like is this having standards and I like you know and he you know usually I think what I would have felt when I was at that point was um you know like last like if this was two years ago I would have been like oh well he's a nice guy and he really does seem to care for me sometimes so like I'll stick it out and then but I think it's interesting because I wasn't what was so weird for me is I wasn't surprised when we had this conversation because I knew I looked at him like a project and I needed to I just kind of want to know why and I know like this is like an angel tale of every like early 20s late like young adulthood woman wants to like find a guy and fix him and I don't know, like, why we do that. I've, I've been thinking about that a lot, and, and not in terms of my current relationship. Like, I'm, I could not be happier with how that's going, but I, I've been reflecting a lot about what the past has been like for me, and I think that I've oftentimes found people that um, it's not that they even asked from that for me to mm-hmm. fix them in mm-hmm. any way, but I think that I found people that made me feel needed, and mm-hmm. so maybe I took on more more caregiving in the mm-hmm. relationship than I wanted or and probably that they wanted but it felt good for me to feel mm-hmm. needed and it felt good for them to be supported mm-hmm. and ultimately something that I've learned in relationships both romantic and platonic it's like yes it's great to help out another person mm-hmm. but you telling someone else that you believe that they can do it on their own mm-hmm. is a million times more helpful than you just doing it for them Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's something I learned from my relationship with my mom, but I've seen it replicated in so many other relationships because mm-hmm. it feels good for people to believe in you and to trust that you're capable. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, I yeah, and I always had like very good examples of how like relationships should be like, especially you know I think when I was home and even like looking at which is when I was kind of going through most of this struggle with this specific person. Um, it was more like you know, it was more like seeing my parents and no, I like, I knew I was not marrying this guy. Um, but I think like seeing my parents and seeing like how they were treating each other and that kind of stuff, it kind of made me think like, you know, if there's someone out there who like actually cares about you, they're not going to like make you try to fight for it, you know? Yeah. Or make you like, like, Oh yeah. Like he's, you know, didn't answer a text, but, you know, he said a nice thing to me, like, the other day. Like, you know, it's, that's not how it works, and that's not how it should be, but I think we're so, people like you and I, and, like, so many of my friends are very 
not to like, you know, make this sound like we're, we're, I mean, we're not perfect at all, of course, but like, we're so empathetic that we look for, we look for the good in people. We yes. don't like to think that people are taking advantage of us or anything like that. And not that, you know, the previous person I was with was taking advantage of me in any way. I don't think so at all, but I think it's just... We uh, we don't want anyone to... We're always looking for people to do the right thing. And sometimes they don't do the right thing, especially in um, relationships. Right. So. Well, and a lot of times people can't give us what they need. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, whenever that would happen to me, I would just kind of drop it and be like, well, they're not a bad person. Mm -hmm. But just because someone isn't able to give you the thing that you need at that time doesn't make them bad. Just because mm -hmm. you can't date someone forever doesn't mean that you're bad or they're bad or the relationship was bad. I think mm -hmm. that we learn things from all of the people that we spend time with. Mm -hmm. And even if they can't, for a long period of time, give us a thing that will benefit us, it's important to have that conversation and find that out earlier on rather than later. Mm -hmm. And to even if you have a long-term relationship, to constantly check in um, mm -hmm. to see that both people's needs are getting met. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... It's scary. I mean, you and your partner have been together for, what, like, two years? Yeah, it was two years a couple of days ago. Our mm -hmm. first date was on New Year's Eve. And, Aww. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been really fun. I, He and I kind of had this, this thing that happened, and I want to say it happened more so the first year, because it had been the longest-term relationship that I've been in. And mm -hmm. not that all of my past relationships had been bad by any means, but it had just been so easy with Max. And mm -hmm. not that we didn't have important conversations or that things were ever scary, but, like, mm -hmm we'd have this thing that would happen like every couple of weeks. We'd be like, wait a minute, like this is still really good. Mm -hmm. When is it going to go bad? Mm -hmm. And it still hasn't. And I'm so mm -hmm. grateful for that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's been really fun kind of getting to know someone to a point where you think maybe there's not more of them to get to know and then they surprise you and there's still a lot there. Aww. That's so nice. <laughs> well, this has been relationships with Liz and Allie. Totally sober. Totally sober. Hey, you know, that's that's cool. I think I think some of the more important conversations that we have are sometimes the sober ones. Yeah. Which goes against almost everything that we felt that we established when we made this podcast. No, I don't no. I don't think it was ever about the alcohol maybe mm -hmm. making conversations easier. I think it was about creating space for people to share time with one another. Because mm -hmm. I think about I mean, every time I go up to dinner, let's say, with a group of friends or go to get drinks with a group of friends. Um, I oftentimes have a really good time, but there are moments when I look over and everyone, including myself, is probably on their phone. And it's nice to sit at a table and actually get to share space and catch up. Yeah. So what was, um, so we just ended a year. Um, we ended a year on the podcast and we ended another year of living in Pittsburgh, but our first year our second year in Pittsburgh being 21 like over 21 so we got to like check out some cool bars and do some cool things and one of the things I wanted to ask you was what was your like favorite place that you visited in Pittsburgh in the year 2019 like to grab a drink at to grab a drink to grab food to do whatever um I think most recently um I mean yeah this is fresh in my mind because it recently closed down but the Bartinas did it just close down? No, 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 no. Okay, for anyone listening, don't freak out. That's not what I meant. Tina's in Bloomfield, which is uh -huh. one of the best bars ever. If you have not been there yet, please go and play pool and play mm -hmm. music on the jukebox. Um, 
and take a picture in the bathroom. That's something mm-hmm. else you have to do. Oh, I don't think I've done that. Oh, you got to take a mirror pic in the bathroom. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but Tina's had opened a holiday pop-up, right? Uh-huh. It was a block away from my apartment, mm-hmm. which was the most convenient thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And it was just beautiful inside. They had all of these dried flowers, and, and mm-hmm. it was just very lush. And I just loved going there and getting a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that they had a similar idea as to what we have here and so they didn't create like this flashy like kitschy pop-up bar they created a space where there Mm -hmm. were lots of couches and lots of seating and it was very open and you could Mm -hmm. actually talk to people and share space Mm -hmm. and a lot of times I just went there alone but I I think that it was a really good like way for me to decompress from all the stress that the holidays can often have Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think that was my my favorite of the year what about you? I would definitely say, I remember the first, um, I had, so I, the school that I go to, Duquesne, the bluff, um, has, uh, I'm getting, I just started my second year of like my master's program and, uh, we, every year at the beginning of the year, we have like this orientation or whatever. And it's like, it's super fun, but it's like, it's very overwhelming I think just like kind of sitting there and like listening to all of the like listening to all of the things that you're being hit with like you know all of the I don't know there's a lot of information is being thrown at you and it can be overwhelming Um, but I remember that day you and I met up in the middle of like Bloomfield or something and then we went to mixtape which um, you know first off the music at mixtape is like undeniable like it's amazing the fact that they have a cardboard cut out of like a different artist every couple weeks like I think the first time I went Lizzo was there and then the next time it was Pitbull what do they do with those by the way because I would love to have a Lizzo cardboard cut out I think they I because I, I asked I believe and don't quote me because I could be wrong I believe they have just a room where they just alternate them where they like keep them like that's just a little spooky that could be a good like Horror flick, like you know, the cardboard cutouts coming to life. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. And they're like, didn't they have like a vegan cheese dip? It was so good. Yes, that was they, such a I good mean, cheese they dip. They have vegan options, vegetarian options, options like sober options. They are really accessible in terms of um, good bars to hang out in, and it's like half bar, half coffee shop kind of feel to it. Oh yeah, and they always make some, they always have some good shit. Like I. They, I've never had a bad cocktail there. Yeah, they really know what they're doing. Like, every time I go, there's, like, someone, like, whacking an herb against a glass, and I'm like, oh, it opens up the flavors. And I'm like, I just feel taken care of when I go there. Mm-hmm. There's love in those drinks. As there should be. Yes. There should be. That's good. Um, so, do you have any... How do you feel about the new year coming up? I'm excited about it. I think that this is probably more than any other year in my life the year with the most uncertainty mm-hmm. um, just because I'm wrapping up my master's and finishing my doctorate and I have notions of what things might look like but I, I feel like for the most part with each part of this year all of the things that I'm looking forward to I won't know exactly what they look like until I get there mm-hmm. so I'm nervous in some ways but I think I'm kind of at peace with it all in terms of knowing like it is so much more energy for me to worry about what's uncertain than to just kind of be here and, and let it happen and prepare as much as I can, but ultimately just kind of be present with the experience. 
you think um, you like haven't eaten New Year's resolutions? Are you a resolutions person? I'm not formally a resolutions person. I think that it's oftentimes like the New Year is a good time for me to check in on kind of how I'm feeling about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had some ideas for kind of change that I wanted to see moving into this mm-hmm. this new year. Um, and I think one thing that I would like to explore more, um, and we'll see how formally this happens, but I spent a lot of the last year kind of seeking out community in order to feel less alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been wonderful. And I definitely mm-hmm. don't want to lose any of those parts. But mm-hmm. I also would like to become more comfortable with creating spaces for solitude. Because mm-hmm. I think that I obviously, like, I have self-care in my life, and I come home at the end of the day, and I make dinner for myself, and um, I'm just curious to see what those spaces of time will look like if I make them more spacious, like, mm-hmm. if I don't immediately turn on a podcast or a TV show or music when I get home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get more comfortable kind of with my thoughts and see what kind of noise comes from there. Um, that's very thoughtful. I do, uh, you know I do my, like, food resolutions, right? Tell me. I don't think I know. Um, so, I have, I have food resolution. So, I have, like, regular resolutions, but because, like, food is such an important part of my life, like, I try to include that, because I think, um, we learn so much by, like, you know, sharing experiences with people, and I think there's, I have two beliefs on food. One, there is no better way to show someone you care about them than cooking for them. And two, I think that, um, you know, we sharing an experience or sharing food is something that's really important for people. So um, last year, my resolution was to have more spice in my life, um, which was uh, I've been constantly like berated by many of my friends for um, being a total baby about spice. So I started like, like I just went, I would go to chicken and um Oakland. Yep. That's the one in Oakland a lot. And I'd always get, um, I'd get medium and I know like medium, we talked about this when we were with November blue, they make Nashville style chicken. So like that is like medium is like hot. And I would always like uh, wing night at smoke and Joe's like instead of getting like um, Wednesday's 50 cent wings, delicious or like 35 cent wings. I don't even remember. But, um, I would always get, uh, like, hot honey garlic instead of, like, honey garlic or, like, you know, smoke and parm instead of just parm. So I, I really made it an, a priority to upgrade my tolerance for spice, and I'm going to be real. I think it's definitely worked. Really? Um, oh, yeah. I'm a big – I like spice now. It's. I didn't know that you could grow that preference. I think it's, like – I think – you have to, I remember like, I still am not a huge buffalo wing person, but I remember like when I first started eating like buffalo, like when I first tried buffalo sauce, I was like, oh, it's just, there's no flavor. I hated it. It tastes hot. But then as soon as you like sort of accustom your palate, kind of like drinking whiskey, like when you accustom your palate to whiskey or when you accustom your palate to coffee, you can start tasting certain notes. Mm-hmm. And not that like buffalo sauce is like, you know. I'm sensitive gourmet i'm getting senses of getting light senses of cashmere or whatever oh god oak 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 this is such an oak in an oak barrel this is such an oaky buffalo sauce (laughs) 
I actually didn't have it till I came to college. Oh, really? Yeah, because we don't, I mean, I'm sure that we have it in the South. I just had never paid attention Mm -hmm. to it, and Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. There's um, Mm -hmm. a pizza place in Bloomfield, or Mm -hmm. Garfield, rather, that does a seitan buffalo, like, baked chicken sandwich. Oh, my God, it's good. Well... Do you um, think that, like, the chicken takes something away from the buffalo sauce then? No, I mean, so I just don't eat chicken. So I know. it's, um, I, I'm not sure what it would taste like. I'm sure it would taste good. But mm-hmm. I think, and this is something I've thought for a long time, um, and it's not that there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with eating meat, nothing wrong with the way meat is, because I'm mm-hmm. sure that I may be forgetting a lot mm-hmm. of why I liked it since I ate it for, like, 18 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um but I think, in my experience now, what people like most about meat most of the time mm-hmm. is the flavors that are associated with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, bacon is mapley or peppery, mm-hmm. and that's something that could be recreated with vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and liquid smoke. Yeah. I put liquid smoke on, like, everything. Like, if I make collard greens, there's liquid smoke in it. If I make mushroom bacon, there's liquid smoke in it. Mm. Um there's a lot of ways to make vegetables or even, like, meat alternatives like seitan or tofu or tempeh. There's a lot of ways to make it taste like meat. Mm. And I know I'm probably not selling you on anything right now because you're a meat lover. I went, no, I went through a jackfruit phase. I had jackfruit a few times. I love jackfruit. It was fine. It was good. I think if you're used to, like, something that's, like, maybe not even greasier but has mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. texture and substance of meat, it's really weird to transition out of that. Yeah. And not to say that these alternatives will ever fully replace that sensation, mm-hmm. but I think cool things are happening with, like, all of the, like, Beyond or Impossible burgers and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. That's cool. There's good options. Yeah. My other New Year's food resolution last year that I failed miserably at, and I'm so upset at myself, was I wanted to try Indian food. And I you still haven't had have Indian not food. tried Indian food other than, like, um, like... Butter chicken from Trader Joe's. Should we end this podcast right here and go get Indian food? I think that conducive to your detox. <laughs> I love Indian food. It's it's really the best. Is, I is there even Indian food around here? The best is on the North Hills. Okay. I can't even. Is it Washington? Because I know there's the one place that like is so like that I wanted to go to, but it's only open from like 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. on like Wednesdays. Hmm. Like it's a real, it's a real commitment to go. You have to like call off work, I think. Yeah. So if anyone is listening to this podcast and knows of good Indian food anywhere, mm-hmm. let comment. us know. Slide in the DMs, comment on the post, do whatever you need to do. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really good, and it sometimes is. I don't know. Like I have a, I have a good friend in uh, Texas whose family is from Kerala, which is in southern India, mm. and. He was telling me when I was in Dallas that he wants, I mean, this is someone that has a background in engineering and is employed working for clients like NASA. Like, mm. very important person. Very um, important. Does he want to be on the podcast? He'd have to call in, but maybe. Okay. He's a, he's a great person to talk to. Okay. Um, but he was telling me that his parents in Dallas, I mean, this is in Dallas where there are there's a large Indian population. There's what seems like to me... Um, a lot of Indian restaurants, but mm-hmm. I don't obviously come from there, so I don't know the specific mm-hmm. parts of the mm-hmm. cuisine that may, might make it more special to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but there aren't any Kerala 
mm-hmm. Indian places. And I've had um, a good bit of, like, southern Indian food. That's typically my favorite. Mm-hmm. But his parents still will go to this place that's, like, connected to a gas station. Because mm-hmm. that's where they feel is the most authentic Kerala Indian food. Wow. And so, I mean, I think that's definitely a testament to, like, the fact that you should go to the hole in the wall. You should yes. support people who are making food authentically and not to Key. commercially brand it to other people. Well, my New Year's resolution for this year is, um, it's a food resolution, but it's also, like, a real, like, person resolution, is that when I'm, like, sitting down and eating dinner or eating a meal or any sort of meal, I want my phone away. I want to be fully with either the person that I am eating with, the person I am, or, like, just the meal itself, like... Does the phone eat first? The phone does not eat first. I don't think I'm going to be posting any pictures of food, honestly. You know, I'm not... I don't usually do that. I usually forget. I don't post the pictures a lot. I mean, sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. I just like to take the pictures, and I think that's just... I don't know. Maybe it's just because I do photography, but I just... I have trouble not wanting to just capture that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's okay. But I I think that's a very cool resolution. And then I think you and I were also just talking about this. Another one of our resolutions is we want to get involved in, um, you know, the political uh, agenda and be more informed, I think. And I think that's one of the most important things out there. Um, Especially, you know, with... uh, I think we're at a really interesting point where... um, in, I mean, it's a very, like, dire point, I think, um, politically speaking, but I think that, um, and, like, in the country itself, I think that um, we, like, we. it's interesting that, you know, when you look at the Democratic uh, candidates, there we have so many options. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the thing is just, like, try to be more informed about all of the options out there. Um, and ask questions. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I, um, I'm not afraid to say this. I'm a new Democrat. Um, this is my first election. I was independent and now, um, I just, this is my first election as a registered Democrat. So, um, definitely, you know, ask questions. Um, don't be afraid to engage in, um, political conversation with people who think differently than you. Absolutely. I know that can be extremely frustrating sometimes. Um, but just try and, um, yeah, just, just try. That's all. I think it's like the easiest thing in the world to surround ourselves with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like the best example that I've found of that is the fact that like a lot of us go to college, maybe mm-hmm. we weren't involved that politically before, but then we're surrounded with young people who mm-hmm. may be experiencing life in a similar way mm-hmm. as we are. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy. I mean, I've always kind of considered myself, um, to be very liberal, but mm-hmm you find a lot of people that have the same view as you. And mm-hmm. so then when you go home for the holidays, maybe you're mm-hmm. surrounded with people from, with a very different views than you. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, depending on where you come from, mm-hmm. I come from Texas, which is traditionally very different mm-hmm. minded than me. Um, at least in my experiences. And so I used to be afraid of that. I used to try to avoid those conversations. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like this most recent trip home mm-hmm when I realized like that I'd had several conversations with people that mm-hmm. thought completely differently to me and mm-hmm. it wasn't, I didn't register that as a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that I've kind of adopted in a lot of ways mm-hmm. of my life. It's like, it's, it's just mm-hmm. because there is 
maybe a different perspective that feels like tension, it doesn't mean that there's conflict there. And you yeah. can learn from the other person by having that dialogue and maybe it will make your thoughts even stronger. Maybe mm -hmm. it will make you believe more in what you care about or believe differently, but in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So it's important to talk. Mm -hmm. Very important to talk. And be informed about your candidates. Definitely be informed about your candidates. I know we have um, we have quite a few who are um, really good options. Um, my personal favorite, if I'm going to shamelessly plug, is Andrew Yang. Yeah. I think he is awesome. He doesn't have any donors from big billionaires. And he has, he's, even though he himself is a billionaire, like he's millionaire, but not billionaire. Millionaire, sorry. <laughs> Um, you know, so big, big fan of that guy, big fan of that guy. And don't think like, you know, you can also think like good candidate, but also think like who's going to beat Trump. So just think about all of the things, you know, yeah. and think about like, um, I just think that's my most important that's a resolution for the year. We should all just think. Yes. And this is where we insert that song. It's like, you gotta think, think, think about <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Well, well, cover that with the actual song. Yes, we, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't really know how that's working out. Um, but yeah, so sorry. And I know politics are not easy for everyone to talk about. Um, and I know, like, you know, my friends and people who know me do, like, know my political past and, um, you know, know that I have, I've definitely had a winding road to getting here. But, um, I think that is just something that's important to just talk about. And I yeah. think we just, as long as you talk to people and you try to be open-minded and also just stand, but stand your ground though. If you yeah. feel like you're doing, if you have, you know, morals on your candidate or, you know, there's a person you believe in, um, you know, just, feel strongly about them, tell people about them, tell people about why they're so, why they're a good candidate. Anyway, that's the tea. Yeah, get excited, get involved, mm -hmm. and just care, because I think, like, the scariest thing with all of mm -hmm. the political sides of things is just the, the fact that apathy exists. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I, I think that that was something that definitely phased me for a long time, maybe mm -hmm. up until more recently than I'd even be willing to admit, about, like, the political sphere in our country, because mm -hmm. it was the last election, which was our first time to vote ever, mm -hmm. and... I definitely got invested in it. That was like the first time that I had really cared about politics and mm -hmm. when it doesn't go as planned or you see people negatively impacted by mm -hmm. cultural things that are happening, mm -hmm. um, it can be hard to mm -hmm. still want to be invested. Yeah. And so um, that's definitely a personal practice of mine that I'm trying to bring out more is just mm -hmm. to, to care more, to have more conversations. And mm -hmm. I think that it's good for all of us if we mm -hmm. can kind of try to do something like that. It doesn't have to be same way as I'm doing it, but just to, to care. Yes. And even also, like, talk to people who are, like, different from you, because, like, I can, you know, like, I'm a cis white female, um, cis white straight female, so I think, like, you know, a candidate who I see is someone who, like, I really align with is, like, very different from, like, is probably, my problems are different than someone who you know, is a different race than me or is, um, or has a different, um, has a different sexuality than me or is, um, transgender or anything like that. Like, you know, 
they're probably, I mean, they're experiencing problems that are like nowhere near to like what I have. So like maybe the candidates that they're interested in are like, you know, have plans for, you know, they're thinking about candidates that like I haven't even right. thought about because it's just not in my political sphere. So that's why, like I said, you have to talk to people because, mm -hmm. you know, if they have, you know, it's not just you, it's not just your America, it's everyone's America. Right more, on. You know, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, relationships, politics, we're, we're doing everything. We talked about religion too. We're really, yeah. we're really killing it. So, Allie, what's been what's been new with you this past week? Um, I heard you have a story to tell. It's not even so much of a, a story. It's just something that I observed happen. Um, <laughs> I saw this this thing going around social media earlier today, and it said something along the lines of, um, "I can't believe that people born in 2020." will experience the year 3000 when they turn 80. And it was one of those things that, like, I I didn't want to be the person to comment and break their heart because they seemed really excited about it. But I'm like, oh, wow. That that new millennium happened real fast. <laughs> Where did you see that? It was, on, it was on Instagram. I mean, it's people repost things and see them and... I think this one, the same post had been reposted a couple times, and I'm like, it'd be it'd be one thing for one person to write it, but the fact that it was like multiple people, and I maybe I'm misinterpreting, maybe it was ironic, but it seemed very serious, and I, I'm not much of a mathematician myself, so I understand. Yeah, yeah, but I hope not. <laughs> oh God. Well, no. If they live, when they're 80, they'll see the time that Philip the Future was alive, because Philip the Future was, uh, was a 22nd century man, so he was, uh, he lived in the, in 21... 2100. Uh, I think it was like 2100, 2121, I think, or 2112 was when he lived. They had some pretty cool technology in that yeah. show. Although, I'm gonna be real, if you look at Back to the Future, 2015 was supposed to have flying cars, so... I feel like... Fuck that. Yeah. And the Cubs were supposed to win the World Series in 2015, and they didn't win the World Series until 2016, so take that. Back to the future. <laughs> what a weird relationship with that movie. Do you I hope know? so. I just... I get stressed out by future movies. Um, oh my god, wait, there's something I need to tell you! Is it about Back to the Future? It's not about Back to the Future, okay. but it's about movies, and it's exciting. Oh, go for it. Not that exciting. I mean, but I want to tell you that I gave Wes Anderson another shot. What'd you think? Wait, which which Wes Anderson? Rushmore. Okay. Thoughts? I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. I tried. I really tried. I feel like a shitty hipster sometimes when I watch Wes Anderson movies. And it's not that, like, there are some that I've enjoyed, mm -hmm. and I think, like... The person that takes pictures of me loves Wes Anderson movies. I love, like, the movie Her or the movie Lost in Translation or, like, so many other movies because... Is Her Wes Anderson? No, no, no. Oh. But I'm saying, I'm saying for the similar re reason as I like Wes Anderson movies, I like those movies mm -hmm. because they have beautiful movie scores mm -hmm. and the cinematography is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, that the experience of those things mm -hmm. I really enjoy, but, like, mm -hmm. the... 
Wes Anderson parts of plot are not something that I've ever really become like emotionally attached mm-hmm. to in the way that I have been with other movies. Um, I've been watching a lot of Golden Globe movies. I know you. I don't know if you know this, but I have a thing where whenever the Oscars come out, I try to watch every single movie that's nominated for Best Picture. The last few years, I haven't been able to do it because I've run out of time. So what I have done is I'm now um, I'm now like. Well, I started with the Golden Globes, hoping that there was a carryover. So I watched um, The Irishman, uh, Marriage Story, Dolomite is My Name, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, uh, And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was probably the second Quentin Tarantino movie I've seen. First one was Inglorious Bastards, and then I... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was good, but it wasn't... I need to watch it still. It's good. It's, It's fun. I would, the only one I would definitely say, like, to maybe not watch is The Irishman. That's the only one I've seen out of the list that you What did you think of it? So we watched it on Thanksgiving. It was Max's family and I, and I'm just bad with three-hour movies. I know that sounds bad. I, I think that the movie itself had some good things about it. I've never been much of a mafia movie person to begin with, um, but... I just like in her. Truth be told, like have I've never made it through The Sound of Music for a similar reason. Oh no, The Sound of Music is good. I've I've seen all the parts of it. I've just never watched it in one sitting because it's just a long time to sit. Well, I can do three-hour movies, and I still broke up that movie. I watched it in three parts, and I'm gonna be honest. I just they were all just so sad, and they could have cut out the last like half hour of it. I definitely last half hour did not have to happen. After he, spoiler alert, kills Jimmy Hoffa, and his daughter, like, walks out, and he's like, that's when I realized I lost my daughter forever. Which, like, super sad. Like, super sad, very emotional. Great job, Robert De Niro, with the acting. But dear God, the rest of it was all like, oh, I'm gonna sit here in my nursing home, and then I'm gonna think, and then I'm gonna talk to people about what I already did that was already shown to you so you already know what happened and then I'm gonna sit in the nursing home and then it's gonna cut to black and say created by whoever do you want to hear what I did watch though what did you watch now that you've spoiled all that movie Shut up. <laughs> we're gonna spoil another we're gonna spoil another movie let's spoil all the movies just get into it so my sister and I we I think we were going as a bit originally or maybe we're just masochists, but we saw cats. Why? Did I can't even make it through the trailer. I, I don't, I mean, first of all, I don't like Taylor Swift to begin with. And then I don't need to watch her as a cat. I'm going to be honest, her cat, like her character, character. Her oh my god. Oh her, my god. Her character was the most bearable out of all of them. They just, people, like, it, it's weird. Because, like, people... It's not even like, I don't even know. It's not even like looking at a a cat as having human qualities. Mm -hmm. It's looking at a human with cat qualities, and it's terrifying. Like, I... They didn't CGI their hands. So, like, when Magical Mr. Mistopheles has a... He's a character who does magic. um, Is carrying around his wand um, for one his, like, musical number. He, like, is carrying around his wand, so he's, like, this furry guy, and, like, his hand is a human hand. See, I'm not about that. Judy Dench. Um, Judy Dench, which I believe was the most disturbing of all of the cats. Like that was the scariest one. 
um, had a wedding ring on her finger. Um, Are you happy that you saw the movie? I feel like I'm a better person because of it. What? I f no, I not no, but like it's like when you you know when you like grow from tragedy. Yeah. Okay. Like that's what it's not, you built your grit. It builds and your character. Yeah. To be honest, I think in terms of like I felt after the New York Mets lost the World Series in 2015, um, I was devastated, but and in shock, but I it built my character for, you know, the next Mets season and continuous Mets seasons. But, um, like how cats, I'm still not really sure how I, but I feel like I, my character is built. Like I was able to, I feel like it's, I'm just nervous. It's going to be a cult classic. Like it's going to be like Stop Rocky it. Horror. No. I, it can't be like Rocky Horror. It cannot. There are two. No. Cause I, I'm a big cult classic person. I am too. Like, you know, Joe versus the Volcano is like one of my favorite movies. But this can't be one of those. I know, but that's why I'm scared. I wanted to see it though before it became a cult classic, if it does become a cult classic, so that when people are like, oh my god, like how did people not love this when it came out? I'll be like, yo, I can tell you why I didn't love it when it, it came out. It built my character. It built my character. I saw Jennifer Hudson scream memory, scream memory. With a perfectly French manicured hands, like like her gel manicure, like acrylic nails, while she's singing it, dressed as a cat. The amount of, and this is disgusting, but the amount of like snot coming from her nose while she was singing, or literally every time it panned to her face. She's a cat. Cats don't have snot. Well, they don't run through their, like, they don't boss it down their nose. I mean... And I mean, if you CGI her face, what made, like, the CGI person say, yes, you know what would make this better? Snot. More cat snot. Gross. Not a fan. Um, but, you know, some of the, the dancing was good. I'll tell you that. The dancing was really good. So if this were to be a cult classic, like, let's say in 50 years, you and I truck on down to the Row House Cinema oh, to watch Cats, what would be in, like, the grab bags that they give at the door? Oh, God. I've never been to the real house for a grab bag thing. But um, they would probably give a little thing of milk. Um, and uh, I think maybe, like, a magic wand or something. Um, I will tell you, it was, yeah. No, it was bad. Or a late, I don't know. It was bad. It was a bad movie. Ian, I saw Ian McKellen lap milk out of a saucer. Did you need to see that? No. No. I've seen things that no human being should see in their life. Has, has cinema come too far? <laughs> there were, I'm going to tell you something, during Rebel Wilson's musical number. I keep forgetting she was in it. She, oh yeah, she's in it. Everyone who is, there was not a single character, like actor under like B-list in that movie. That's what amazes me. But anyway, Rebel Wilson was in it and in her, um, she, like her cat is the like house cat who like, She's bored, so she trains the mice to, like, dance, and she trains the cockroaches to dance, but the cockroaches have human faces. Yeah. No So way. it's, like, humans dressed as, like, cockroaches. Were and they, then, like, famous people as well? No, no, no. So I hypothetically could have been a cockroach in Cats. Yes. Damn it. And <laughs> really missed the mark on that one. But Rebel Wilson would, like, eat them. Like, if they weren't dancing properly. What? She would reach over and grab them and pop them in their mouth if they weren't dancing properly. 
I don't like the messages that this movie is sending. I don't think there was a message that the movie was sending, and if it was, it was trauma. Anyway. Not to make light That's of cats. trauma. That's cats. That's cats for you. Well, I believe we're uh, just about... Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, we're just about done talking about all the cool things that happened. Uh, but next season, we've got a really, we've got a good lineup of cool people coming up. Um, none of them are coming on tonight today because um, your guests this se this episode were me and Allie. We were the guests. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Um, but yeah, you guys got I think a bit to look forward to. Um, thanks for listening to us ramble. Yes, and if you are listening to this and are still interested somehow in what we're talking about, um, mm -hmm. if you would like to be part of the conversation, always reach out, let us know, or if there's anyone that you think that you would like to see on the podcast, let us know. Yes, and also CC them, because they won't know who we are, but if they know who you are, that's important. Well, for Sips with Strangers, thank you guys for listening. I'm Liz Banyan. And I'm Allie Stewart. Have a great day. Thank you. Go see cats. <laughs>